the property pod. Pod. pod welcome to the property pod with moneyweb the property sector is an ever-changing sector and in this podcast series your host suren naidu chats to movers and shakers in the property industry hello suren naidu here and this is the property pod on moneyweb May is Africa Month and my guest on this latest podcast is Thomas Riley, Managing Director of Lango Real Estate. Lango means gateway in Swahili and the group is a major investor on the continent, targeting property opportunities in the rest of Africa, that's ex-South Africa. Thomas has headed the group from the start, which was the brainchild of GSE-listed property giant GrowthPoint and Investec Asset Management a few years back. Lango was previously known as GrowthPoint Investec Africa Property, GIAP. However, with Investec Asset Management becoming a separate company and renamed 91, GIAP has changed its name to Lango. We are getting an update from Thomas on this Africa Focus Fund today, but also asking him about the real estate opportunities he sees in the rest of the continent. Welcome to the Property Pod, Thomas. How's it there in London? Yeah, thanks, Seren, and uh, good to be chatting to you. Uh, London is good. Uh, we're, we're seeing the back end of COVID now, so, you know, regulations and, and rules in that regard have literally disappeared. Hopefully, the rest of the world will be following suit uh, in, in short order, and obviously, summer's on its way, so things are always looking up when that happens. Cross fingers on the COVID front, but uh, summer on the way in London, but in Johannesburg, it's the big freeze, and we have load shedding. Anyway, let's get into it. Thomas, thanks again for the opportunity. The last time I spoke to you was pre-COVID, I believe, back at the API conference in Santon. It was pretty much just you leading the, the team back then known as GrowthPoint Investec Africa Property. Now it's you and you have a bigger management team. you based out of London, but you have your team in the locations in Africa where you have investments or rather Lango has investments. Where do things stand currently and how large is Lango? Where is the fund invested in, for example? Seren, Lango has has grown enormously since we last spoke. I mean, you know, as you remember, you know, it was pre-COVID since we last had a catch-up. Since then, you know, we have grown to be one of the leading real estate companies on the continent uh, ex-South Africa. Uh, We have assets on the balance sheet of uh, in in excess of 620-odd million dollars. And, you know, that's effectively close to about 10 billion rands worth of uh, of assets. So a significant property group in a reasonably short space of time. We have uh, a management team, as you mentioned, which has also grown commensurate with the size of the business. So we have people on the ground, not only in London, Johannesburg, Mauritius, Ghana, Nigeria, etc. So, you know, it's a it's become a well-oiled machine. It's a very competent, you know, reasonably small but competent management team. Um, and, you know, we are well positioned uh, to, to continue growth at this stage. So, you know, right now invested in the leading economies uh, in the continent outside of South Africa. And, uh, you know, the usual names, essentially. So we stuck to you know, major cities such as Accra, Lusaka, Lagos, um, etc., and and are looking to broaden that footprint in the coming months as well. Six hundred and twenty million US dollars—that's huge. Ten billion rand, about on the South African front. That's a pretty decent size writ if it were listed in South Africa. 
Talking rates, Growth Point played a big role in setting up the Africa Fund together with Investec Asset Management at the time, which is now 91, as I said earlier. Is Growth Point still the biggest shareholder? Which are the other investors? Your growth point is a is a, a large shareholder. They are the largest shareholder, to be uh, to be accurate. They hold roughly 16% of our business, so a, a large shareholder, but not a majority shareholder in, in that sense. Clearly, you know, nonetheless, I mean, growth point is a key stakeholder in our business, alongside the old Investec Asset Management now 91. And uh, in terms of growth of the business and so on, you know, they're, they're a party that we look to, or, you know, for, for assistance in a number of respects. But, but more and more, Lango has become more and more independent. Um, you know, it is ultimately a business that will separately IPO. So we are targeting a listing uh, in the next three years or so, and a, and a project is currently underway in that regard, uh, the intention at this stage is that we will be London listed, um, possibility to uh, to look at secondary listings elsewhere at that time or thereafter, but uh, primarily London listed at this stage is what we are targeting. So Growth Point, obviously a, a key stakeholder. I mean, they're, they're an enormous business within the South African context. And for that reason, you know, we have uh, we have decided not to pursue acquisition strategies in South Africa. Uh, there's no point in competing with with the largest REIT in in that country, and at the same time, then being a uh, a major stakeholder in our business. But uh, there, there there are a lot of opportunities for us north of the border. Um, we are you know looking at opportunities in countries such as Kenya right now, and more specifically Nairobi which will continue the theme of us investing predominantly into capital cities. So you're very unlikely to find us uh, investing outside of capital cities. It's a very focused approach in terms of where we, uh, where we like to invest and where we see sustainable um, assets you know, that we can acquire. And that also leads into the type of assets, I guess, that we look to invest in. So again, you know, outside of you being unlikely to see us investing in outside of capital cities, you're unlikely to see us investing into other asset classes within the real estate market. You know, so it's it's going to be office, retail and industrial where we can find it. You're not going to see us in residential. You're not going to see us in hospitality, uh, in healthcare, et cetera. So it's a very focused approach all around. And I think that to a large extent combined with the quality of the assets that we've invested in in these major capital cities has stood us in really good stead over this, uh, this last sort of two-year period dealing with COVID and the uh, ramifications of that. Well, uh, the new information, not that new, but it's good that it's still on track, uh, is the IPO side of things. So let's see what happens there. Uh, you talk about the capital cities in major countries, Nigeria, Ghana, Zambia. Are you going to keep it to those countries? Are you looking at new locations in Africa? And what markets are you interested in? Yeah, so I think the next step for us is uh, is a move into Nairobi. That's definitely what we're we're targeting. So we're in the process of uh, hopefully concluding the the raising of additional capital uh, in the next few months, and the intention is to deploy a large portion of that capital into Nairobi. So that is first choice for us. Uh, the rationale behind that is pretty simplistic, right? We are very concentrated at this point in time. In West Africa, um, we have about 47% of our 
asset holdings in Accra, which you know up until now has done really well for us. I mean, Accra and, and Ghana more generally has almost been one of the shining lights on the continent in terms of democracy, growth. Um, you know, the, the the whole underpin in terms of the assets we've had there has been really sound. So I'm very happy with performance there. But in terms of spreading our eggs and you know not having them all in one basket, we have decided to look at Kenya. It is the obvious entry point into East Africa. It really is the hub of East Africa. And arguably outside of Johannesburg is probably the most advanced financial center uh, on, on the continent. So we are quite excited about that. It adds a different set of geopolitical drivers to the business. It adds a different tenant base. Um, it adds arguably a slightly more mature property market. Uh, which we're able to potentially invest in at this current juncture at uh, pricing, which looks pretty attractive. So for that reason, we, we're pursuing uh, Kenya and more specifically Nairobi, as I said. Separate to that, there, there are opportunities elsewhere as well. You know, we, we are looking at uh, Morocco and very, very niche opportunity uh, in terms of industrial potentially that we're trying to unlock. So not really too interested in, in office or retail space in that country. It's much more logistics orientated move that we, we're considering there. Yeah, there are opportunities, but I think first and foremost for us, it's about uh, getting a footprint in Nairobi. That's that's next for us. So we'll then have a you know, solid footprint in West Africa, solid footprints uh, you know, through our assets in uh, in Lusaka, Munda Hill, and then bringing in East Africa. So it becomes much more of a pan-African business, a much more risk-diversified business, arguably um, something we're quite excited about pursuing in, in the coming months. Thanks for that, Thomas. On the note of capital raising, you talked about having $620 million on the balance sheet uh, in terms of assets. I know besides GrowthPoint, you have other partners that have come in. One of them is the International Finance Corporation. Uh, who are going to be your next investors? Is it still IFC, maybe more of GrowthPoint, or other financial institutions such as uh, development finance organizations or pension? funds yeah i think with pension funds you've hit the nail on the head suren so you know if you look at the, the the bulk of our investor base at this point in time is actually pension fund related and we don't see that changing um you know pension funds are uh, are obviously you know looking for long-term uh, stable returns in terms of of yield um you know, we are a, a business that, that is really strategically positioned to deliver that. So I think from a, a yield perspective, the, the fact that we are a hard currency business at the end of the day at this point in time, um, you know, suits them. And and I, I don't see that changing. So I think, you know, the likes of the DFIs and so on, I mean, whilst we have IFC, obviously they're a, they're a core anchor shareholder of ours as well. They were also in the business from the outset. Um, you know, we'd like to think they will continue to to follow rights, um, you know, in terms of subsequent share issues by ourselves. But um, I think that the majority of our shareholding over time is going to continue to be dominated by the pension fund industry. And uh, that's that speaks to the industry globally. Um, so we, we're seeing shareholders potentially coming out of all different pockets. Um, of the global savings industry. Thomas, on, on the pension fund note, any familiar names that you'd like to highlight? 
At this stage, probably none specifically. I mean, we have a very diversified portfolio of, of investors, you know, so clearly Growth Point is, is the largest at this point in time uh, with about, uh, you know, 16 odd percent um, in, in our business. Um, you know, the IFC's uh, shareholding is, is uh, slightly less than that at around about 12 percent. So there's no, there are no dominant shareholders really, I think, at this point in time to uh, to to mention outside of that, and and clearly as the business is growing, you know, um, you know the, the the stake and the shareholder base uh, in our business is is growing as well. So, you know, I think we have a very diversified shareholder base in terms of names. So, so none specifically that I think yeah need to highlight at this stage. Thomas, I, I don't mean to catch you off guard, but you did mention hard currency. It wasn't part of my list of questions, but uh, last week or, or two weeks ago, we interviewed um, Kevin Tiruvengadam, and he talked about the move to local currencies. What are your thoughts on that? Is hard currency going to continue playing a part, and in particular the dollar? Because I know one of your competitors kind of punt the fact that hard currency is at play and they sell, um, they punt the lease, the fact that major international corporates are paying hard currency and they punt that benefit. And I'm talking about grit real estate here. Yeah, I think in, in terms of the dollarization of the rest of the markets in Africa, you know, I think if we if we look at our specific business uh, at this point in time, we have circa 96, 97% of our income in dollars. So um, that that is the current situation. You know, how it's going to unfold going forward may be a, a separate discussion, you know. And, you know, my views on that personally is I think, you know, if one has to take sort of a 10 or 15-year view, which is a, a very difficult thing to do, but I think it, it would only be fair to expect that that you know several of these countries um, may well become uh, you know far more liquid in terms of their own currencies. Um, you know what is what is currently not in play or not in place rather at this point in time is a suitable level of development of their own capital markets, their own domestic capital markets. Um, so they need to go through a program of really advancing the development of their capital markets, uh, having a suitably liquid debt, you know, and bond markets essentially in, in those countries so that one can actually finance your assets appropriately and cost effectively in local currency. And I think, you know, we wouldn't object to that. I mean, to the extent that we could finance, you know, at a, at a relatively competitive level in Ghanaian Saudi or in Nigerian Naira or whatever the case is, we'd be happy to consider that. So we'd be all for that. But the reality at this specific juncture is that the liquidity is not there. You cannot finance, you know, real assets in those local currencies to any meaningful degree at this point in time. So the dollar remains the, the currency of tender in, the, in that respect. One has to finance assets in dollars. One therefore has to buy and sell assets in dollars. And, and, the, and the major sort of linkage in terms of, of revenue or rental or whatever the case is for, for any real asset, not just real estate, is dollars. You know? So that, that is the current state of play. Uh, will it change? I think it may well do, and I think that would be a positive. You know, I mean, to the extent that we can have funding in in some of these local currencies, I think could be advantageous to us as long as it's cost effective. And you know, to the extent that we have a multi-currency or a basket of currencies of income at the end of the day, um, you know, it clearly is is not a bad thing either. I mean, clearly those those leases in local currency would be escalating at a far higher 
uh, rate of inflation um, as opposed to the dollar where, you know, I mean, escalations on, on dollar leases, uh, while, whilst it's nice to have dollar income, I mean, the, uh, the escalation of dollar leases is pretty much negligible. So, so there are pros and cons to both sides. I think at the end of the day, you know, as long as, uh, as, long as the markets are reasonably efficient and, and pricing is uh, accordingly efficient, everything should come out in the wash. So as long as markets develop and we can participate efficiently and, and effectively in those markets, uh, be they in local currency or in, in, in hard currency, we, we would be open to that. It gives us optionality at the end of the day. So very happy to see those develop, but it's not going to happen today or tomorrow. Uh, so, you know, that is that is something, you know, gazing into the crystal ball effectively over the next decade. Uh, we, we may see some uh, some development in that regard. Just a last question, Jan. I hate to go necessarily on a negative note. You have this dollarization question, but what are some of the other challenges um, that you may be facing as or the company Lango in Africa? Because it's not easy, but you are taking on the challenge and you're making a success of it. And maybe on the reverse side, some of the positives that can come out of this drive of Lango into the rest of Africa. Yeah, look, I mean, running a business in, in Africa with uh, a shareholder base that's international is a very complex exercise, you know. So we, we are fortunate that we have a management team that is extremely experienced. We are very much in tune with our assets and um, effectively manage these assets with a with a very firm hands-on approach. And, you know, without that sort of hands-on approach, I think particularly managing assets in these, uh, in these different countries over the last two years or so would have been a very difficult exercise. But we've managed to turn it around. We, we have, a, you know, we've had great results over the last two years. I mean, uh, just a, a headline as an example. I mean, if we look at our, our rental invoices that we've that we've issued over the last two years to to our tenant base, uh, we we've managed to collect in excess of 112% of those billings. So what that means is not only have we collected the, the invoicing that we've issued, but we've managed to delve into the past because obviously we acquired a lot of these assets with historical arrears or historical you know, bad debts almost effectively. And we've managed to recoup not only what we owed currently, but what was owed previously. So it's been an extremely hands-on approach, a very active approach from a management perspective from ourselves. You know, I'd like to see how many property companies out there have generated those sort of, you know, levels of collections. I don't think there are many. So, you know, whilst people often may have a, maybe a slightly, I don't want to say negative slant in Africa, but, you know, a, 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 it's not necessarily familiar to people. I think that the reality and the output that we've managed to, uh, to do deliver over the last two years or so has really uh, surprised a lot of people. So it's it's been a, a very positive experience from that perspective. We've also been through a, a, a very um, involved process in terms of re-gearing uh, the business. So we refinanced the entire company at, uh, you know, on far more um, or on far better terms uh, than we historically had, which speaks to the quality of our assets. And I think at the end of the day, you know, the one thing that that rings through my mind in terms of building a business that can be successful is number one is the quality of the underlying assets, which leads to the quality of the income stream and ultimately leads to a far more sustainable business, right? So we, we, we positioned ourselves to make sure that uh, from a quality perspective, we were acquiring the highest portfolio 
or quality portfolio of assets across the continent. And I can, you know, almost without doubt, you know, feel comfortable that we we have done that. And the results, you know, effectively are a um, are a subset of that. So if if you if you get the assets that you own wrong in the first place, you are constantly going to be fighting an uphill battle. Um, so so we managed to get that right. And um, we acquired assets at the right price as well, which is clearly important, you know, and, and our timing was pretty good in terms of getting in. So so all in all, it's it's been a very positive experience. We are now well positioned for growth. We, we, we're looking to, you know, um, grow our capital base in the, in the coming months, deploy into to Nairobi as an example, as I mentioned, which gives us then, you know, a, a footprint which is much more pan-African uh, from a risk perspective, far more diversified. So we're very excited about what, you know, what the next 12 to 24 months, you know, will bring us from an asset perspective. And then obviously, you know, the planned IPO in the next three years, you know, so an exciting period of growth for, for Lango uh, ahead of us, Hooray. Uh, Thomas, we went a little bit over time there, but thank you so much for your time. Really appreciated. That was Thomas Riley, Managing Director of Africa Focus real estate company Lango. Thanks for listening to the MoneyWeb Property Pod with Suren Naidu, brought to you by Brawl Property Group. To listen to more episodes, go to moneyweb.co.za or the MoneyWeb app and follow MoneyWeb News for daily updates. Follow Suren on Twitter at Suren Naidu for more of his property industry content and other business stories. Property Pod. 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 MoneyWeb, your trusted source for business and investment insights.